0: Welcome to Imaging and Teletech Innovations, brought to you by Teleray. I'm your host, Tim Kelly. Join us as we explore the latest trends and developments in teleradiology and imaging solutions, from expert insights to real world case studies. We cover everything you need to know to stay ahead in the rapidly evolving field of radiology. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Today we have Dr. Samir Shah with Envision. Thank you for joining us today. It says here you're the chief clinical officer and the master of teleradiology in the SVP of radiology. Thanks, Tim. Nice to be here with you. Yeah, could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm originally from New Jersey. Grew up there, in the northeast. Went to Boston University for a college and medical school. And then I went to Philadelphia, did my residency at UPenn. Graduated in 2003, went to Chicago for a year and did my fellowship in interventional radiology. And in between residency and medical school, I did my internship in Pittsburgh on the western side of uh, the state of Pennsylvania. And that's where I met my wife. And so after my fellowship, we moved back to Pittsburgh, where I took my first job. I'm speaking to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I've been here for 20 years now. And that was an interventional radiology position, almost 100%. I barely read any films. How did I? am going to anticipate your next question. How did I become the master of teleradiology? My group, I had great practice for five years in Western PA. Doing mostly interventional radiology. And my group basically dissolved. There were a combination of things that were hitting back in 2007, 2008. The, there was a Deficit Reduction Act, and UPSC had gone from like an academic medical center to the EMIT. And there were a lot of things going on in, in the world at that time. And so my practice actually went under. And I built, we had built the house that I'm sitting in right now. And my wife was pregnant with my second, of three kids. And unfortunately, my father-in-law was passing away in the ICU. And so it was a terrible time to change practices. And back then, very different from teleradiology and radiology, quite frankly, today is that people would join a practice and be like, that's where I'm going to be for the next 35 years. So that's why I built the house and everything else, because I was like, this is where I'm going to be but I ended up calling my best friend from residency in Australia and basically telling him my sob story that like, this is what happened. And he's joined my group, joined teleradiology. And I was like, I don't think you understand. All the teleradiologists in his group were in Australia. And that's where teleradiology was done from. If they weren't in Australia, they were in Zurich. But if they weren't in Zurich, they might have been in some other place in Europe or China or something like that. And I was just like, how can I join your group? And he was like, we're hiring US rads. There's this thing called final reads, which are very different than the preliminary wet reads that we do at night. Daytime for them, nighttime for the US. And I, lo and behold, I became one of the first finals readers based in the US for nighthawk radiology. And nighthawk was the original teleradiology We were the progenitor of a lot of the subsequent that exist today. And I a lot of sea change in 2008. There was a financial crisis, et cetera. Finals were coming into play. A lot of the radiologists came back to the U.S. I was already here and I was elected medical director of Nighthawk in 2010. And I worked with some of the other medical directors who came back to the U.S. By 2011, we had been acquired by VRAT. So that was like a first big transition. But I had spent seven years at BRAD, eventually becoming senior medical director, working with the chief medical officer hand in hand. I was doing a lot of the sales and account management and client management. And so I was traveling all over, but it was an amazing experience because I got to meet a lot of groups and understand the dynamics of teleradiology like nobody else. It was a unique position. So I'm very grateful. In 2018, I know, I, re- I do realize, Tim, that I'm right. talking a lot here. But in 2018, I went to Radiology Partners. I was recruited to help build teleradiology there. And that was very successful. It was taught me a lot because basically we started as a startup Telerad group, numbering single digits, and grew that practice to about 200 Telerads. And that put me on the radar for Envision. And I've been here for about nine months. And I am acting as Chief Clay Bolt officer for the teleradiology practice. We have a, a large practice. We have probably 200 telerads, like I said, and we have about another 500 or so on-site, on-the-ground radiologists. So it's a large practice, one of the largest there is. And so we do. We are revamping the practice, bringing it into the
0: latest and greatest era of technology and efficiency, basically. Sure. Yeah. It's a big need and then. You mentioned some of our customers between uh, the span of the Midwest here, and uh, so you got to experience Chicago cold as well as some permanti sandwiches. And, and certainly, Chisbury,
1: huh? <laughs> yeah, I definitely am a fan of the Permanti Brothers sandwiches. And but I did love my time in Chicago. No question, I could have stayed there, except it was definitely cold in the winters. So Let's put that way. Not that Pittsburgh's any better.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, it can get pretty brutal here. But we, we
1: have the Lake Erie effect and the Buffalo cold.
0: Sure, yeah, that's yeah, That too. Yeah, it's not that great. But we still play football outside, so that's what counts.
1: Correct. Absolutely First,
0: correct. Can you tell me a little bit about the organization's challenges facing solving these new technologies that are coming out and, and how you satisfy patients with how they're dictating more of how they're going to practice uh, their wrong medicine?
1: Yeah. One of the challenges unique to teleradiology, which has existed since time and telerad came around at the turn of the millennium. And over the years, there's been cycles in terms of how many rads you have and how much volume you have. And that is probably the number one challenge every group faces is because you're held to certain turnaround times. If you make the turnaround times too good, your radiologists are hungry for cases. And if you make them too bad, you've got ERs and hospital systems complaining about turnaround times. We're in a Severe rad crunch right now, uh, which is no news to you. And I think that maintaining service and uh, in that time is probably our number one priority to to make sure turnaround times are top notch. I think technology is a huge challenge. Quite frankly, I don't think there's any great system out there. There's nothing that is really groundbreaking. When I was in training 20 years ago, voice recognition came about, tax came about, and things with the EMR were coming out. Nothing's changed really in 20 years. Voice recognition made us less efficient as radiologists. Pack systems probably slowed down the speed at which we can look at x-rays because we used to be able to look at a whole bunch of x-rays on an alternator and just put our flip to the metal and that board would go as fast as you could dictate into the dictaphone. Now... It wasn't all rainbows and unicorns. Sometimes it took two days for a report to be transcribed. It was easy. That was a problem with not having radiology reports for the staff. People forget about those days. So technology has come a long way. But I think you generally see that radiologists are frustrated because the volume is so high that they need to get through it. And reimbursements have come down so much, probably on the order of 40% since I first became an attendee, And I'd say those two things create a perfect storm of requiring a new technology. And of course, we both know that's going to be AI. And that's yeah. the game.
0: So with that, you were talking about the voice dictation and that slowly things down and then moving away from that click macros and stuff like that. So when you go to working at things like chat GPT and these kinds of technologies and then recognizing voice dictation, do you think that'll fix some of those problems or? Create more. Oh, yeah. I
1: try to use chat GPT every day because I think it's groundbreaking. It's open source software and it's uh, generative AI. So it's really something unique that can really change the game. I've been using programs to help me beyond just your simple macros since, since they started pseudo NLP programs, natural language processing programs that are not AI based, but that will map things in your report to certain structured headings. And then since then, you have natural language processing, AI-based programs that'll create your impression. I use both of those programs. But what I'm really excited about is having GPT do those things together in one program, build a radiologist report and impression and learn, right? Because it, it is AI. And that to me is super exciting. I did find a published article from Germany that showed 170 reports created. With 170 perfect reports created with ChatGPT4, pretty impressive stuff.
0: It's really impressive.
1: It, it excites me, Tim, because we are in that next era. When Bill Gates was like programming on a PC in, in, in high school in his early college years, he probably felt the way I do about what's happening in, in, in the AI space now. We were talking about AI for years, but we were in that peak expectations of AI and then we went through reality, basically, and hit the trust, But now we're coming out of it and seeing that AI really can have some powerful effects in radiology as a tool.
0: Yeah, yeah, without question. And then as part of that, you had mentioned the lack of radiologists. Now you start seeing more and more specialists doing reads at home, doing their own workstations in their office and so forth, and using these tools and exchange. And that may lend itself more to their capabilities to work alongside radiologists or to be independent. So what what do you think about that? Well,
1: I think that is an interesting observation. I think that uh, you are absolutely right. And I told you I've been doing Telerad for 15 years, right? What, why didn't this movement to work from home, specialize, work during the day, why didn't it occur long ago? I was even late to the game, you can say. Telerad started around the turn of the millennium. Why didn't we do it then? I think that the images are all digital and they're all over the internet and the technology has been there. But what we really needed to happen is like a global pandemic to really shake the entire system and say, hey, these images do not have to be interpreted within the walls of the hospital. They can be interpreted from the daytime during the day, from any location, I think that's really changed the entire spectrum of what people are thinking. And I think the other part of that is, as volumes have come back from COVID, not even like back to normal, but like super normal, radiologist attitudes are like, we need, we can use this tool as AI, it's not gonna replace us. It's not, it's just a tool in our tool belt that will help us focus on the actual stuff that we need to know rather than getting us bogged down with the non-critical parts of our Yeah.
0: How about when you look at that same type of process using some of these technologies, these virtual visits where we can put you or a qualified physician in the room for patient positioning, pro positioning, getting the right image at the right time to reduce scans and better basically consultative approaches with technologists that may not be properly trained. There's so many little nuanced issues in there.
1: You you just think about the power of what we're going to be able to do in the AI era, right? Not only from a remote perspective, because again, it's going to learn, right? So it's going to make mistakes and may need a human to be in the location, but eventually we can do a lot remote. Robotics even is advancing to to tell you the truth about things. And I think that the advances that are going to happen are going to revolutionize workflow, first of all and are gonna revolutionize what is a radiologist's role in the future. Maybe we'll be more talking about, actually, not just what alumni that they but what chemotherapy is sensitive based on the AI evaluation of its morphology. So there are things that are happening in the space that like we can't even put our minds on completely. I read a paper recently where AI is going to be able to accurately predict the gender of the patient based on their retinal scan. Okay, no ophthalmologist can tell that right now. There is another paper out of Emory that shows that you can take a portion of an x-ray, you can then put a bunch of artifact in that x-ray. Just imagine a rib or something. And the AI can tell what race the patient is. No human being can do that. So it understands things that are in a black box that we don't. That's incredibly yeah. powerful technology.
0: And then you just mentioned the, what is the role of the radiologists in the future. A few years ago, there was talk about before the shortage really hit about radiologists starting to consult with patients directly. And that has definitely been put on the back burner. But I think as we go forward, there might be this integration of these multi-consultations that go on between the radiologists, the primary care and saying, okay, we'll take this consultative approach towards the patient because they're looking for better. Agree with you. In the old
1: days, when we had a reading room, the docs would come in to consult with us. And sometimes we would talk to patients as well. And we still do in mammography, interventional radiology, etc. But we are the doctor's doctor in, in radiology. We've lost some of that due to technology, due to packs, due to voice recognition, et cetera. So they, the films aren't located in the reading room anymore, so the docs don't need to come in to see us because we don't own the films anymore. When you're talking about technology and things changing, if we have more time, right now, we consider like communication to our referring docs as an interruption. But really, if a doc wants to talk to us, that's not an interruption. That's our job. So we will have a chance to redefine our roles if we don't have this crushing workload and AI can help us get through more cases. We'll have more time to do things that the healthcare system actually wants, which is radiologists communicating to patients, radiologists communicating to other docs, et
0: cetera. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And then when you look at one of the things that holds back from this technology is the fear of compliance. How do you manage of data and HIPAA and so forth. And so people are afraid to embrace some new technologies. How do you think Envision or yourself and others are going to manage that going forward? It's going to be tough. We are developing a
1: mobile app with our partner in AI, which is ADOC. We're developing this app that is actually going to put like the whole imaging department on your phone and maybe even on your desktop as a one-stop repository. But certainly what we find is that Right now, let's say we have a critical life-threatening finding that occurs at 2 a.m. If that doc who's taking care of the patient is tough to get a hold of, it might take us 20 minutes to actually convey that finding. What is it just popped up on his app, like immediately as a critical finding? That's awesome. But we have to be very secure with the data, very uh, cognizant of patient privacy because we that's somebody's life that's going to be on phones. And I'm sure eventually images are going to be on the phones as well. And so it's all going to be carefully done to protect patients. But at the same time, imagine we could save people's lives. If people, even that 20 minutes, if we could shorten that 20 minutes to a couple of minutes, that's life-saving in many cases, as we know. Like that's the whole point behind all the stroke interventions that we do is every minute, time is brain parenchyma that is spared because we act quickly.
0: Oh, yeah, no, no doubt about it. And it's a little scary out there when you think about these things because if you look at the CPR, anyone can perform CPR. They're protected, but you could be in a critical or trauma situation as a radiologist to move data. You could be exposed, which so those rules need to change a little bit when it comes down to those types of cases. Yes, true, true, hundred percent. So that's how you guys are going to stay had a competition and. Using apps and some of these technologies. We Absolutely. We're going to innovate. We're going to
1: take advantage of AI and technology.
0: Okay. Being one of the that's guys. My that's my number
1: one goal at Envision. Well,
0: that's good to hear as a technology company. We wanted to hear that. Right. So as you guys are moving forward with all this stuff and you're the guy that is one of the guys with Nighthawk. So that's like these little names that goes played back for guys like us. It's such a, it's such an iconic meme because like, It's the name for the whole field, right? What
1: I do is Nighthawk and what we do is Nighthawk. It's a generic name and it comes with so much history. So many people I know in the industry have ties back to Nighthawk. So yes, it was really a, a formative. I was lucky to be in the right place at the right time in my career.
0: Yeah, it does have that legacy to it. So with that, what's the biggest lesson you think you've learned in your space and your time doing this? One of the
1: one of my favorite lessons that I had been taught was by my colleague, Ray Calvo at ERAT. He always used baseball analogies. And he always said, remember, when you get hit a, a, a ground ball really fast and you're a shortstop, every shortstop always takes a second or two to compose themselves, gets the ball, and then throws to first. You have a few seconds, right? Like you have to make sure you have control of the ball. When the shortstop acts too fast, that's when they throw wild balls at first. That's when it goes through their mitt and into the outfield. The lesson was always data's coming at you fast. You're gonna be asked to act quickly on something. But make sure you have all the facts. Make nothing is so urgent to act on in leadership, especially when you're talking about radiologists. Nothing is so urgent that you need to go immediately. That's one lesson I've learned. The second lesson I've learned is sometimes technology is not always amazing, right? Like I'm talking to you about AI and everything else. I don't necessarily think things have gotten better for radiologists with time. I think that, like I said, voice recognition, you could say that it it hurt us in terms of being productive. It probably cut our productivity by 25%. It, It packs, says, hurt us in terms of our special relationship we had with doctors. We are concerned as radiologists about getting through the volume. I want us to step back and say, How do we get that special relationship we had with our referring docs? Uh, One of the things that I love about Envision is that we are multi-specialty. We actually have 12,000 ER physician colleagues in in our radiology group has access to. And that is really great because I told you we're the doctor's doctor. So for me, I feel as we are making this app for critical findings and everything else, working with them to design it is a boon that I don't have at any other practice because we're literally on the same team we're in vision docs. And so I think getting back to being the doctor's doctor is what I see for radiologists that I want. Back to that special relationship, back to having time to really intellectually look at images, not being so rushed. And I think we'll get there. That's the key is to notice that everything
0: technological is not always what you need. You always need to remember your role. Yeah. And then that just that general sharing of the data is so critical because so many times there's pieces missing. And and patients, they usually get a report. They don't have the images or if they get the images, they don't have the report. Yes. There's all the other information missing. So there's this, there's no ballistic view. You're right.
1: Communication between docs and communication between patients. You mentioned chat GPT. One of the things that it does, it can do, and people are working on this now is converting radiology reports into layman's language. Mm -hmm. Uh, Think about how many friends and neighbors you have that would love that. My wife is not a physician and she just had a shoulder MR. I would love to be able to translate that for her in in, in a speech saying what everything means in, in, in language people can understand. That's actually improving the experience that patients have. And then look, at the end, when we talk about our role and everything else, all that matters is the patient. That's our role is to be the best doctor
0: for, for our patients. Yeah. And that's so lame that you say, looks like you hurt yourself pretty good. Yeah, I it's that, that would be
1: chat GPT-10.
0: <laughs> with that, looking at Hillary, we're actually working with you guys already on your PAC side and with a few of your doctors. Um,
1: Fantastic.
0: And your former medical director, Dr. Aldo Ruflo is a user of ours. And, yeah. But well, yeah, we moved data super fast for trauma cases up for some of the largest institutions, some that you worked with before UPMC and so forth. And, and hopefully we keep integrating with you guys and help you guys more with these virtual visits and I'll, get I'll get the calls and all that kind stuff.
1: This is the future. Let's do it together. Yeah. And if you see Aldo, tell him I said
0: hi. I will. I, I might see him later, actually. So oh, fantastic. All right. Sounds great. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Good talking. It was a it. pleasure. Thanks for joining us today on Imaging and Teletech Innovations brought to you by Teleray. We hope you like this episode. If you have any questions or feedback, Please don't hesitate to reach out to us at info at Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and stay tuned for more insights into imaging solutions and teletech with Teleray.